So four keys to breaking free from judgment. And uh, there's keys to everything, right? There's keys to mom, momhood. There's keys to raising kids. There's keys to uh, cooking well, right? You got to have some key ingredients. There's keys to the game. I see a couple Bears uh, fans, a couple Vikings fans. Anybody else in the house? Come on, Packers, okay, whatever. Um, we'll, we'll take it. Um, there's keys to the game, right? You're going to go watch on, on TV, and it's going to be like, the key to the game is da 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 It's like, there's keys to everything. You know what? These are the keys you really need to be concerned about today. Any other key pales in comparison to this. Here's the keys to breaking free from judgment. We've been studying this thing. We've been trying to figure out how to be less judgmental, how to judge correctly, right? Do not judge by appearances, John 7, 24, but judge with right judgment, right? And we've been talking about the fact that that right judgment depends on listening to the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit and hearing the voice of God. Remember our theme verse for the year, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. Did you hear God talking this week? I sure did. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. All right, so let's hear from the voice of God right now. Okay, here's the first thing. The first key to breaking free from judgment is to listen. If you remember nothing else, remember this word, listen. Listen to the right teacher. Okay, look at verse 53. 750, is, is this weird? It's like, why is 753 after the 8 in my Bible? Anybody? Yeah, it's a little wonky. Are you looking at the same Bible I am? I mean, it, like, it is like that in your Bible, right? It's like, why is chapter 7, verse 53, like, all snuggled up with chapter 8? So, now listen, all right? Just, I like to be your pastor. I like to sh- set it straight. This is the hardest passage to preach. Because first you have to decide whether it's supposed to be in the Bible or not. Like, I mean, you read all the commentaries, and it's like, oh, it's not supposed to be in the Bible. Oh, it's supposed to be in the Bible. This, along with the end of Mark, are the two passages that everybody wants to, like, jettison out of the Bible. All right? I believe God's sovereign. I believe God has this in his word for a reason, right? Whether it was taken out early because of the adultery theme and we don't want people to think that adultery is okay or whether it was added later. You know, I'm not going to be the judge of that to keep with our theme, right? I studied it. It's good evidence that it's not supposed to be in the Bible. But there's... No evidence, absolutely no evidence that Jesus wouldn't have acted this way. This is according to his character. This is exactly how he was in all of the Bible. And so it's a powerful, powerful picture um, of God's word. So the bottom line is Jesus teaches us a very valuable lesson in this passage so I don't want to erode your confidence in the scriptures by being like, mur, mur, I don't know. Like, come on, right? It's right there. We don't know if it was supposed to be there or somewhere else in the Bible. Maybe at Luke 21. Bottom line, it's in the Bible. 
And in my Bible, it's the next passage. I'm just going to take it chunk by chunk by chunk and try to teach you best I can what it means to apply God's Word to our lives. Everybody up for that? All right, that's what I'm up for. Listen to the right teacher. All right, so they went each, of, uh, each to his own house, verse 53, verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. So he makes a distinction. Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and sat down. He sat down and he taught them. Okay, so here's what I want you to see in this. Okay, first of all, they all went to their house. Did Jesus go to his house? What's the answer in the text? They all went to their house. Did Jesus go to his house? No, he didn't. I don't think he owned a house. He might have been staying with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, right, on the other side of the Mount of Olives. I don't know. But the Mount of Olives is a special place to Jesus, and it was kind of like home to him. That's what it's saying. It's where he went and talked to his father. It's where he went and had communion with God. We're going to have that communion with God later today. The Bible is really clear that Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head. He was born in a manger. He wasn't from this world. And so it's fitting that he, everybody goes to their house and he's like, I'm going to go hang out where I always hang out with who I always hang out with, which is my Father God. This also ties into the end when Judas knows where to find him in order to betray him. Okay? Just for later. Early in the morning, he came again. So, slept, came back. He came again. He came again. He came again. Again and again and again, Jesus came. And he came to teach. He came again and again to the temple. All the people came to him. So, they came to him. He came to teach. They came to him. That's the story. That's how it's happening here. And he sat down and taught them. The key is, Jesus came again. And Jesus keeps coming again and again and again. Jesus came last Sunday. He came the Sunday before. But he doesn't just come on Sunday. Do you know that, church? Are you sure you know that, church? Because if you're just coming to church and meeting with Jesus, you're missing six days of the week. Jesus is coming to your bedroom. He's coming to your table. He's coming to your house to meet with you every day. And I guess the question is, are you coming to him? Jesus came again and the people came to him. Not some other teacher, right? Like the TV, right? The news. But that teaches us something teaches us the world really likes drama. It's got to be better and worse than it's ever been before in order to get your attention. Not some other teacher like social media, right? I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm just trying to tell the truth, right? And, and again, I'm not telling the truth out of not loving you. I'm telling the truth out of loving you. And it's, it's all things that you know I came up with because they're in my life. Just... Drop the rock, okay? Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, Snapchat. Is that teaching you how to live? Are you scrolling on Facebook and going, oh, well, they live like that, and they live like that? That's a fantasy world. Nobody lives like that. Not some other teacher like your boss, or if you're in a different stage of life, your teacher or your coach. People that are probably trying to help you get better and so on and so forth, but they're not Jesus. Do you get that? They might be good people, they might not be good people. I don't know, I'm not going to judge them, but they're not Jesus. That's clear. Your friends, are they a good teacher? They try to teach you to be popular, right? If you just look like me, act like me, are like me, we'll all be fine. You got to break out from that, right? That's the title of the message, breakthrough. We're going to have a breakthrough today. And stop caring about what everybody else wants, what everybody else thinks, and just focus on listening to the right teacher. And the right teacher is not all the things I said already. The right teacher is Jesus Christ. Right now, I'd like to point out to you, you have a choice to listen to Jesus. I mean, you can listen to him every second of every day because he's always talking. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. He knows exactly what to say to you, and he knows when and what to say to you. We need to listen, okay? Listen. That's the first key to breaking free from judgment, is to listen to the right teacher. Listen to Jesus and be willing to make him a priority. So here's how I did this in my life. I just wrote down on my paper. You could do it if you want. Monday, M. Tuesday, T-U. Wednesday, W. Thursday, T-H, right? You get it. Got the pattern? F. S-S. Okay, got it. So I just wrote it down. And I was like, well, i got to take an inventory of my life. Did I meet or make God a priority and listen to him on Monday? Circle yes or don't circle no, right? I just, I just wrote it down. Look back at Tuesday. Did I, did I make Jesus a priority? Did I listen to the right teacher on Tuesday? On Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. Slow down, professor. How was that Wednesday? I'm not judging you. It's between you and God. But I think it's good to take the test so you kind of know where you're at with who you're listening to. Then maybe you could just write down, like, what are you listening to most if you're not listening to him? What is the voice? Is it your own voice? Is it the TV and the news? Is it your boss? Is it your classmates? Who's speaking to you? Who's teaching you how to live if it's not Jesus? The first key to breaking free from judgment is to listen to the right teacher. And I will assert to you that that teacher is Jesus. Romans 12, 2. I'll end with this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be renewed, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, right? It's a battle for the mind. What are you going to listen to this week? And I believe that our church, if we get at the feet of Jesus every day and we become who he has for us to be, that we don't have to worry about what other people think of us. 
Here's the second key to break, breaking free from judgment. The second key is learn to have Christ-like patience. See it from the text, right? We don't want to, I'm not making this up. See it right from the text. Learn to have Christ-like patience. So here's what happens in the story. He's teaching. Can you imagine that? I'm preaching just like this, and somebody's like, interruption, right? And I'm not talking baby crying, right? That's, that's not an interruption. Babies cry. That's okay. Right? We can all just tune that out and listen to God's word. That's not a big deal, right? I'm not talking about pages rustling. I'm talking about bona fide five guys march up on the stage with a woman, and they're like, what do you say about this? You'll see it. In the middle of the preaching or the teaching, the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst of the group, the crowd that he was teaching, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Big questions about that. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? Huh? Huh? What do you say about that? What's your opinion about that, Jesus? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. And Jesus was all flustered. What? You ruined my preaching. Is that what it says? Does it say like Jesus was like pitching a fit? (laughs) He was grumpy and ornery. What does it say? It's almost like he didn't even know they were there. That's how patient he is. Just a Christ-like patience. Do you see what he does? Jesus bent down and he wrote with his finger on the ground. He's like, Am I ruining your patience? I don't know how long he wrote. But everybody in this room's like, get on with it already. Including me. I'm like, hustle it up. I don't even know what time it's supposed to be done. Because this is at zeros now. Once it was at 42 counting down. That's the time I have. And then it went to like 50 something counting up. So we're all hosed. That's why I took my clock out. I just want you to know, truth in church, I'm like, I think I'm supposed to be done sometime around 10, 15. All right? Y'all good with that? Since it's already 11. <laughs> this is going well. <laughs> Keep writing in the dirt, Steve. Learn to have Christ-like patience. Here's the thing. There's this interruption, this distraction from the listening to the right teacher. Isn't that how it goes? Isn't there always an interruption from listening to the right teacher? Oh, I got stuff to do today. I can't read the word. Oh, that's a crisis at my house. I got to take care of blah, blah, blah. I can't read the word. I can't listen to Jesus. I can't spend time in prayer. There's always an interruption, and then follows the accusation, right? Satan will accuse you, or other people will accuse you, and 
There's always the accusation that you're not doing. Maybe it's in your own head. You feel guilty because I was like, take out and circle. And you're like, I can't circle anything. It's like, nobody's accusing you. All right? But you might feel accused. I know I felt guilty this week a couple times. I know I should live like Christ, but why am I not living like Christ? Haven't I learned my lesson? Patience is not a thing in my house. My dad was patient, but I got none of that. we got to learn to have Christ-like patience. We need to sit in the moment where we listen to the right teacher, and we need to sit there long enough to come away with something that we're going to grip and take with us throughout the day. That's how we're going to break free from judgment. To just read the word, like some of you guys circled every day. And you'd be like, well, yeah, I did it every day. I read every day. I was listening to the right teacher every day. Can you tell me what he said? And you're like, I'm not, well, I'm, uh. you got to learn, right? It's not just listening, but it's learning. You have to like come away with some specific things that I'm going to apply to my life. I'm going to press this down in. It's not just listening to the right teacher. It's also learning to have this biblical, Christ-like patience to learn the lesson. The law commands... Well, if the law commands you to stone such a person and you found her in the act, where's the guy, by the way? Is anybody, is any woman going like, where's the guy? Because the scriptures say that the guy should be stoned too, by the way. The illustration's flawed. And Jesus sees right through it. He knows the Old Testament. He wrote it. Right? So they're like trying to trip him up with his own words. His own who he is. And he's not going to be tripped up. They're not concerned about her sin. You're like, well, yeah, they are. They brought her straight into the middle of the crowd and they're like going to stone her. No, 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 no. That's what it appears to be. That's the appearance judgment. We don't judge by appearances. We judge with right judgment. Who judges correctly? Jesus. Jesus judges correctly. So Jesus is like going to cut through this, and he's going to be like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. You're not concerned about this woman's sin, or even his sin, whoever was with her, but you want to trip me up in sin. That's your goal here. You want to create more sin. You're not trying to remove sin. Or they would have just stoned her on the spot. So he sees through it. They say, what do you say? What's your opinion about this? And Jesus, face down, dependent, wrote with his finger. What did he write? The Bible never says what he wrote. Does that bother anybody? That seems so important to the story. Except for, if the Bible doesn't say it, it's not important to the story. So let me speculate. Maybe he wrote their sins in the uh, ground, right? Maybe he wrote a warning, like this verse, Jeremiah 17, 13, which they all would have been familiar with. Oh Lord, I'm going to turn and read it. 
There it is. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be put to shame. Those who turn away from you shall be written in the earth. That's what he was doing. For they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. Isn't that what he just said he was? So if he wrote this verse, which they would have been familiar with, they're like, oh, hey, Lord, he's, he's, he's like saying we're guilty. It's a warning. Maybe he's just doodling because he doesn't want to, he's not interested in judging. That's what I was doing. Maybe it was the Ten Commandments, right? Maybe he's reminding them by writing the Ten Commandments out that the Ten Commandments were written with the finger of God and that he is God. Verse from Exodus 31, verse 18. And he gave to Moses when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai the two tablets of the testimony Tablets of stone written with the finger of God. Maybe he was just like, hey, I'm God, and here's the law. Question, 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 question. I don't know. Here's the point. The point is patience. We don't know. We're never going to know. Maybe when we get to heaven we'll know. So even the fact that he doesn't tell you makes you have to be more patient. And the point is, he's patient. He could have just started hurling insults at him. He could have started quoting scripture. He could have yelled at him. He could have said, why are you interrupting? But he chose patience. He was patient. And we need to learn to have Christ-like patience. To wait on the Lord. Four keys to breaking free from judgment. First, listen to the right teacher. Second, learn to have Christ-like patience. Third one. Look into the perfect mirror. Look into the perfect mirror. You're like, what? I should have brought a mirror. You can get an app on your phone. I learned that this week. Look at the verse. Verse 7. So he's writing in the ground, and as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them. Now, they continued to ask him. They demanded, is what the passage is. They're like, you're going to tell us. What should we do? Tell us what the Bible says. Tell us what you say. Tell us what we should do. Tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us. They're badgering him, and he's being really patient. And they continue to ask God. And he stands up and he focuses on the scribes and the Pharisees. Can you imagine looking Jesus in the eye, meeting Jesus' gaze? Was he stern? Was he loving? And he told them this. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Let him who is without stone, without sin, among you be the first to throw a stone at her. So there's a couple phrases I'm going to put on the screen that people have tried to steal from Jesus, right? 
Here's a European proverb. Those who live in glass houses should not throw stones. Does that make sense? If you live in a glass house, stop throwing stones. Do you get it? Benjamin Franklin said this. Don't throw stones at your neighbors if your own windows are glass. Do you get it? We don't throw stones at people because we live in glass houses. And in our culture, you live in a glass house for sure. Everybody knows everything. With the media and all that, be sure your sin will find you out. We don't throw stones at people because we have no grounds with which to throw. Now, here's what's very important about this passage. Um, In the scriptures, I believe it's Deuteronomy 17, it says that the people who are the witnesses, so they said they found her in the act. It says the people that are the witnesses are supposed to be the first to throw a stone. So whoever actually found the lady, with the guy, where's the guy, you know, committing adultery, were supposed to be the first ones to throw a stone because they were right, pure, right? They weren't doing that. You get the point. And what Jesus did was he turned the attention off of the lady onto their own hearts. Do you see how that was? He's like, hey, hey, wait a second. Wait a second. If any of you is without sin, go ahead. You pick up a stone and you throw it at her. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Deuteronomy 17, 7. And that goes back to Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount, verses 27 through 30. You can go look it up. Where Jesus equates adultery with what you think in your heart. If you even lust after a woman, you've committed adultery, it says. Let me say it this way. By applying the law to the woman and not to themselves, the Jewish leaders were violating both the letter and the spirit of the law. I don't think you get it yet, so turn to um, James chapter 1. Just real quick. James chapter 1. Turn to James chapter 1. I'm just going to read a few verses here. starts with, do not be deceived. It's verse 16. James chapter 1, verse 16. I think you'll see the point. I'm just going to read them straight through. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of changing. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. That we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. 
For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Good thing we're going to take communion today. We've got some things to put off. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Not just listening to the right teacher. Not just learning to have Christ-like patience. Not just that. But now looking into the mirror. The perfect law of liberty. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We're good at that. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. You ever looked at, did you look in the mirror this morning? You look like you have your hair combed. Yes. Most of the time I don't look in the mirror until like I'm brushing my teeth and I don't really worry about my hair. And then I go to work and I go to the bathroom and I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, hey, wait a second. Somebody forgot to comb their hair. And then I comb my hair and I go back to work. That's how it happens almost every day. Except for Sunday when I feel like I have to dress up for you. So then I just put a little water on there. Keeping up appearances, you know. You ever look in the mirror? If you had a big fat smudge right here, would you do something about it? Would you? Or would you just walk out of the house? That's what he's talking about. You got a big fat mark on your face, and, and you're going to just walk out the house? Really? That's the example. It's, it's ludicrous, I know. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forget what he was like, that he has a big black mark on his face. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. All right. There's been three keys. The first key is listen to the right teacher. Who's the right teacher? That's an easy Sunday school answer. Learn. Not just listen, but learn. Right? Take away some kind of principle from the word each day. Learn to have Christ-like patience in this case. And then look in the mirror. Am I actually doing what the Word of God says, or am I just listening and came up with a principle that I can write down on a journal and I don't live it out? Eh. We're all guilty of that. God forgive us. Back to the passage. John chapter 8, and i got to wrap it up right now. I'll ask you this question. What sin do you see today as you look in the perfect mirror of the law of God, the, the, the gospel? What, what sin do you see in your life as you look into the mirror of God's word? All right, put that in the stone, right? Put that in the stone. Put that in the stone. Put that on top of the stone. Let the stone be the scapegoat. Let the stone be the thing that you're going to throw away. Let the stone be the thing that you're going to burn don't throw the stone, drop the stone, all right? Don't, because we start to get sinning, and we start bigger and bigger rock, and we want to throw it at other people, because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Don't throw the stone and hurl it at somebody else. 
drop that rock today. Leave it here, okay? 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 You just need to soften a little bit, huh? Sorry. It's a, it's a sensitive message, I know. I've been working on it all week. It's kind of like, it's, it's like hard not to be condemned, right, when you're reading it. Let's get to the good news here, okay? Here's the last point. The fourth key is live in my Savior's freedom. Can I get an amen on that? Come on. Again, like the last two weeks, it's like, ah, I feel bad, I feel bad, I feel worse. Okay, get to the good stuff. And there it is, always right at the end. Look at, look at it. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they had heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, the wiser ones, who were like, yeah, we, we failed. We are not tripping Jesus up. He wins the day. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him in their midst, right? So it's still the crowd. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, an enduring, polite term, where are they? Where are your accusers? Has no one condemned or judged you? She said, no one, Lord. Can you imagine? Tears running down her face. Think she's dead. And Jesus like, has anybody judged you? Has anybody thrown a stone? She's like, no one, Lord. No one. Just put yourself in the story there. We all deserve to die. Wages of sin is death. There's none righteous, no, not one. I'm the woman in the story. And to meet Jesus Christ's gaze and to say, no one, Lord, is priceless. But Jesus doesn't leave her there. He's not going to condone her sin. He's going to help her with her sin. Look at it. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Grace, mercy, is exactly what you expect from Jesus. Neither do I condemn you or judge you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. I just think that's a great way to enter into communion right there. We all have sin. Get the rock in your hand. Squeeze it tight. Start to think about the things you're going to lay in this on this rock and leave here, okay? There's no judgment. Perfect love's cast out fear. Perfect love casts out judgment. We love you unconditionally because Jesus loves us unconditionally. And I want you to start now to be grasped as you grip this stone by the story and what's really happening, okay? Sure, there's four keys to breaking free from judgment, but you're going to have an experience right now and break free from your own thing. Go and sin no more. That means at one point I was sinning. Yes, I was. But Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. He's the only one that can condemn you. Do you know this? And he's the one that says, I don't condemn you. I love you. I died for you. My blood was spilled for you. My body was broken for you. And he says, this do in remembrance of me. 
Remember the freedom that you have in Christ. Live in the freedom you have in Christ. Stop sinning. It does us no good. Right? And stop condemning others for their sin. That's not helpful either. You know what's really motivating to me in my sin? The love of Jesus that washes my sin away. That's really motivating. That motivates me to live this week and get in the Word and listen to the right teacher, right? And learn to live in a patient way. To look in the mirror and, oh, I don't like it so much, but you know what? I'm going to wipe that smudge off my face or ask Jesus to get his rag, right? And wipe that smudge off my face. I'm going to enter back in and I'm going to live in the freedom that I have in Jesus Christ. I can just tell by the looks on some of your faces that you're really struggling with something. There's a sin. You don't know if you can leave it here. You've been tied up in it a long time. Why not? Why not leave it here today? Some of you guys have been running from God for a long time. Right? Why not accept Him by faith and just say, hey, if you're real, I trust you. I believe it. Take my sin away. I want to be free. Anybody up for some freedom today? That's how we're going to close our service. So we've never done this at JM before. So you guys are going to walk that way, get communion there, and then walk back through this aisle. You guys are going to walk that way, get communion here, and then walk back through that aisle. You guys are going to walk that way, communion. Got it? Do all things decently and in order. We're going to do it that way so then you're not stumbling all over each other. And I want to invite you right now. Get the rock in your hand. I'm going to pray for us. We'll leave these things behind. We want to have a breakthrough. Church, we need a breakthrough. Right? We need a breakthrough. You need it individually. We need it corporately. And we're going to have that breakthrough right now. By God's grace. Because he loves us enough to say, neither do I judge you. Neither do I condemn you. But go and stop sinning. Right? Don't do that anymore. That's not helpful. (laughs) In Jesus' name. We love you, God. We're here for you. And we want to do business with you. We don't care what game's on. We don't care what the keys are to the game or to cooking lunch or anything like that. We just want to know what the key is to breaking free from judgment right now. (laughs) God, break this church free from judgment. Break this sinner on stage free from judging. Help us to get outside of our opinion And to start to listen to who you are and what you say. To listen, to learn, to be patient. To judge correctly, even our own self first. And to live in the freedom that we have in Christ. 
And that's enough work for me today, God. I can't think of anybody else or to condemn anybody else. Thank you for the grace that you bring to just be introspective and look inside rather than look around and try to point the fingers at everybody else. Have your way, Lord. This is your place. It's holy and it's set apart and it's blameless because of your blood. In the name of Jesus, amen.